1: Here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special slash rare slash unprecedented Tuesday night episode of After the Ending Live. If you are with us live, you know that we usually record on Mondays, but this week we're recording on Tuesday for scheduling reasons. Um, Other than that, we're going to be our normal, regular selves. Uh, If you're watching this after the fact, non-live... Doesn't matter what day it is. Doesn't matter what day we record it. It's all dust in the wind. Anyway, I am one of your hosts, Mike Spring.
0: And I'm Phil Edwards, who's a bit distracted because we're doing this live on YouTube and I'm just sharing it on Facebook, uh, just so.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, let me. I'll explain while you do that, Phil. So uh, for whatever reason, guys, in all of its infinite wisdom, Facebook has decided that I'm currently blocked from, fa- from putting up live videos. Don't know why? have no idea why. They won't tell me why, but I'm currently blocked. So we usually broadcast our live stream to Facebook. However, uh, we can't do that tonight. So we're broadcasting live to YouTube, and we're putting links on Facebook to try and get people to swing over to our YouTube channel. Uh, it's a Phil's YouTube channel, actually, the Live for Film's YouTube channel. So he is madly trying to make sure that our live broadcast is recording, which hopefully it'll stay on YouTube, right, Phil? After it the should
0: yeah, it's uh, Yeah, as I said, I've just shared it on, on Facebook, so if you're on Facebook. If you're watching this, you can't comment. Well, you still can comment on Facebook.
1: Right. But we won't see it on Facebook. We'll only see it if you comment on YouTube, right?
0: You have to go to the, you have to watch it on YouTube and comment on the YouTube live video so we can see it and respond to it
1: live. Right. So there you go.
0: But it's all shared and everything. So it's there.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to currently share it on my personal page as well if I can. So we'll just kind of talk a little bit while we're posting everything, you know. Um, But that's all good. So um, let's see. Uh, Phil, you want to tell people while I'm doing now, while I'm on my end, do you want to um, tell people what we are talking about in tonight's episode?
0: Yes. For the main feature, we're going to be going after the ending of M.
1: Night
0: Night Shyamalan's uh, 2004 film, The Village. Sorry. Um, We'll also be discussing the 2021 film, The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad by James Gunn. And then our oh post sequence, we're going to be uh, discussing our top five favorite road trip movies and doing all the normal after the ending
1: recommendations. That's right. That's right. And I think we're not only going to talk about Suicide Squad. We might be talking... This might be a deeper dive conversation. We might be talking about James Gunn as a whole. Because I posted an unpopular opinion about James Gunn on Facebook the other day, and I got quite the mixed response to it. So uh, we might be digging a little bit deeper than just... <clears throat> Just sharing our thoughts on Suicide Squad, Indeed. just putting that out there. So if you're if you like some controversial discussions, you're definitely going to want to comment on on our video when we get to that part of things because I'm probably going to make some people angry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, Phil, I have to ask: Did you wear that Lebowski T-shirt just for me? Did you know uh, I
0: know, because I know you don't like. It, but I saw it, but uh, I do. I do like it. I haven't worn a T-shirt for a while, and I was looking for another film-related T-shirt. Right. See, oh, this is yeah. one of the. Sorry. Go ahead. And it does seem to it does stand. What do you know? This aggression will not stand. It's always um, Always
1: speaks the truth. One of the nice things about doing this in video now, instead of um, instead of you know just audio, is we get to see each other's t-shirts now, so we can comment on on these types of things. You know, Phil, for the audio-only listeners, Phil's wearing a big Lebowski shirt. You probably figure that out. Um, I, I suspect it's to taunt me a little bit, but. And I wore my College of Saint Rose alumni shirt, Phil, because I know how much you hate uh, random oh, college in upstate oh, that's New
0: York. College of Rose. But <laughs> for those people listening on the podcast, you can't see behind Mike; he's got a great big banner for his his comic book uh, company and his comic book uh, published that's been published on yeah. two issues, which I've read via Kickstarter. But it looks very good, and it's hopefully going to be there for uh, well, it's Out of Time Comics and it's red, white, and broke. And if you're at whenever in America you're going to get the the comic book uh, conventions going again, you'll be able to track down Mike there and get a signed copy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks you for that plug, Phil. Yes, this is my new banner. I had to show it off because I do have some upcoming live appearances, so I thought it would be cool. So for those of you watching on video, uh, this is the new banner. It's it's pretty tall. It's like six foot tall. It's taller than me, I think. But yeah, this is uh, Out of Time Comics. So um, check it out, outoftimecomics.com. We got a web store now. So woo there you go. All right. So um, we, we've we been meandering a little bit here, which is fine once in a while. I love tangents. But we should probably start talking about some movies, right, Phil?
0: Yeah, let's get on to it. Should we talk about The Village? And why, yeah. And the reason why we're doing this is because recently Old hit the cinemas. So it's uh, it's another M. Light Shyamalan. Shyamalan film. <laughs> we got it. So you we thought we'd that. go back. We haven't done The Village. We've done.
1: We, we did The Sixth that. Sense. We did The Sixth Sense. I remember that. Yeah, we did the Sixth Sense way back
0: in episode twenty-one. There That's you go. audio only, but uh, you can go back and listen to our after the ending for that one. But we thought we'd have a do another M Night film, and this time we chose The Village. So, what do you think of The Village, Mike?
1: Um, uh, okay, I'll say this: I, it's on my list of movies to go rewatch because I want to reassess it. You know, it came out after M Night; it was his fourth film, and you know, his first three were um, the Sixth Sense, which of course is a masterpiece. Unbreakable, which I was disappointed in at first, but I learned to love and then Signs, which I also think is fantastic. So that's a pretty good one, two, three punch. And then The Village came out and I remember being very disappointed in it, but I haven't seen it probably since it came out. So I do want to rewatch it. I, I think of it as a film that's not terrible, not great, a little disappointing. Um, which I think most audiences kind of felt the same way, but I, I do need to reassess it before I give too strong of an opinion on it. Great cast, though. When you oh, look
0: amazing at cast. it, yeah, yeah,
1: so Big many guy. people in it. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's, I was like you though. When
0: I saw it, I was disappointed, right? I think mainly because the other films before that had been pretty good, yeah. But, uh, I saw it again a few years back, though, it must have been about okay. 2004 came out. I've seen it about 10 years ago, maybe again, and I enjoyed it a lot more. And, to be honest, I never. I could. I know people were disappointed, but it got an awful lot of hate, and I could never understand the amount of hate it did get.
1: Yeah, that's why I want to rewatch it because I feel like I mm. need to give it a fair shake. And I've I've been revisiting some movies recently, and I found that I'm much when I don't have any expectations attached to them, I enjoy them a lot more. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm looking forward to. It. But let me just break down this cast for you guys. If you haven't seen The Village, or if you haven't seen it in a long time, listen to the people who are in this movie. So Bryce Dallas Howard, Sigourney Weaver, William Hurt, Joaquin Phoenix, Adrian Brody, Brenda Gleason, um, Judy Greer, Jane Atkinson, um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, and. Cherry Jones. I mean, that's a really impressive cast. That's a lot, and you might not recognize every every name I just named, but you'll recognize the faces. Trust me. Um, oh yeah,
0: really, uh, Frank Kranz as well from. Oh yeah, Frank Kranz uh, doll from, from Dollhouse. From, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So I mean, really a terrific cast. So I definitely want to revisit it. Um, but I, it was still fun to kind of go and do it, and after the ending for it, I think you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, it was. Yeah.
1: So let's let's do that then. Let's get into our endings. Um, who's going first tonight, Phil? You tell you. You decide
0: uh well let's see do you want to go first
1: yeah why not it's a little long not terribly long but a little long i yeah. don't know why um i just had i had like this idea and i ran with it so um well, mine's
0: too long so it oh, should, uh, should balance out.
1: We, let's do a quick little recap so the village is we come to this like 18th century village 19th century village um with you know people in the kind of victorian era and there's this uh young woman, Ivy, she's blind and she wants to go out into the woods, but there's creatures that live out in the woods that keeps them from leaving the village Uh, and then one of the kids in the village gets hurt and so Ivy decides that she's going to go get medicine um, and so uh, we find out I don't, this spoiler is coming up right here, folks. If you haven't seen the village, I'm about to spoil some stuff because these are important points, I think, to bring up for the endings. So if you haven't, turn off your sound for the next 20 seconds. We find out the creatures are fake. They're just people in costumes to keep people in. And the reason for that is because it turns out that this village is actually not in the 18th century. It takes place in modern times in the early 2000s. And this guy, Edward Walker, who was a billionaire, he created this like, he bought an, a wildlife preserve and built this little town in the middle of it to get away from the horrors of society with a bunch of other people who had suffered tragedies and like crimes against their families and people they loved were killed and so they sort of recreated the Victorian era but the younger kids don't know this and that's like the big twist of the ending is it's not really back in the 1800s it's today they just think it's in the 1800s except for the village elders and so dun 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 that's the big surprise (laughs) she gets the medicine she saves the kid um, and that's the end of it. She gets out of the thing. She's blind. She comes across a park ranger. He gives her the medicine because he's on the payroll, and then um, she goes back to the village, and that's how it all goes. Does that sound about right, Phil?
0: That's it. You've got, to, I've got everything covered there, yeah?
1: All right, so here we go. Here's my after the ending. Alexis Walker hung up the phone and let out an audible cheer. She'd promised the park ranger a huge cash payout for any leads that would point her to the whereabouts of the billionaire Edward Walker, who had disappeared in the 1970s. And he had just come through with a story about a strange blind girl looking for medicine in the middle of the Heron Lake Wildlife Preserve. It had taken her two years of digging, but she'd finally been able to link Walker's trust to the board of directors of the preserve, and she knew deep down there had to be some connection. This new tip could lead her this new tip could lead her nowhere, like so many others had, but Alexis was a dogged reporter and she had a strong feeling about this one. The story was too weird not to be true. Alexis could feel her Pulitzer in her hands. Three days later, she finds herself tromping through the wilds of Pennsylvania, using her phone to locate the coordinates the ranger had given her. Finding something that looked vaguely like path, she ventured deeper and deeper into the woods until she came up against a barrier of some sort. She could see a watchtower with flames lighting it, and she stayed hidden as best she could. Climbing up a tree, she peered through her binoculars over the wall. It took a few minutes to process what her mind was seeing, a Victorian-era village right there in the middle of Pennsylvania. Amazingly, it only took a few minutes before a recognizable face crossed her view, Edward Walker himself. Alexis almost screamed with surprise and excitement, but she stifled it at the last moment so as not to reveal herself. She climbed down from the tree and dialed her editor's number, but just then, her world went black. Alexis awoke to find herself bound to a chair and gagged. shared two men talking. No, it looks like the call never connected, the first voice said. So no one knows she's here, the other voice replied. There's no way to know for sure, but it doesn't look like she contacted anyone since she entered the preserve. The second voice, which Alexis swore sounded just like Edward Walker, let out a heavy sigh. The secret of Covington must be kept at all costs, he finally said. That was the last thing Alexis Walker heard before her world went black once again, this time for good. And that's the end. Ooh. So I should have mentioned Covington was the name of the village, but I think people could probably figure that out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and that's wow. the end yeah i went a little dark that time so i that's feel it. like i feel like edward walker like you know <laughs> he seems like not the worst guy in the world but we trying really hard to preserve the society and i feel like if the secret gets out he's going to do what he needs to to keep things on the hush hush that's why yeah, my... the
0: fact he's the fact he's done something so extreme is to set up a period village just so uh him and his children and friends can be safe yeah, he's going to have he's going to have various things in place to make sure it stays that way.
1: Yeah, he's not going to let some reporter write a story that's going to reveal the whole thing to the world. And they're going to be flooded by other reporters and people and stuff, you know, stuff, with like TV crews and stuff. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. So ugh, that's the end of her.
0: Very good. OK, thank like you.
1: It. Thank you. All right. So let's hear what you've got then for your after the ending.
0: OK, let's get that there. OK, time passes and the village returns to normal. Lucius heals well, but he never quite regains his full strength, and he tires easily. But Ivy and Lucius marry in a lovely ceremony one summer's day, and the whole village celebrates. Ivy never talks of the strange events during her journey beyond the woods. She does wonder, though. Uh, she does wonder though what else could be out there. Years go by, and the village elders pass away one by one. Their boxes and memories are buried with them, and the village grows larger over the years. The creatures are heard less and less, but the lanterns are always kept lit. The watchtowers always have people in. But One day, the sky to the south is lit briefly by a light brighter than the sun and followed by a strong wind. The the villagers see strange objects flying through the sky like large metallic crossbow bolts and explosions can be heard in the distance. Panic rises. Hold on, what did I there? Yeah, panic rises, but the elderly Ivy and Lucius give a stirring speech which calms them all. Yet as days pass, strange noises can be heard in the woods once more. New creatures are approaching, but these won't carry guns.
1: Mm. All, right, uh-huh. um, all right. I like it. So the real world's going to encroach on them, whether they want it to or not.
0: Yes, yes. Something's happened. could be, yeah. could be war. It could just be planes and things going by, but it's, yeah.
1: That's what I, I was thinking, like sounded like at first like, maybe like a nuclear explosion, but maybe it was more of like a just a, a normal sized explosion, yeah. right? Like it could, the- it could be
0: nuclear, it could be something. It could be I was thinking maybe just have it could be anything going through there as well. I was
1: starting to think alien invasions and stuff Right, like right, that. No, right. It, uh,
0: stick to that, but it could be it could be something
1: weird. Very cool. I like it. It's good. You leave it sort of undefined, you leave it to people's imagination, right? That's mm-hmm. a good that's a good that's a very M-night thing to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Very cool. Okay, so there you go. Those are our after-the-endings for 2004's The The Village, uh, one of M. Night Shyamalan's more um, polarizing movies, perhaps. Some people <laughs> like it, some people don't like it, um, but uh, definitely uh, a great cast and an interesting film, if nothing else. But like I said, I'm going to revisit it soon, I think, and then uh, maybe I'll report back on how I felt about it upon rewatching it.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. And if any of you out there have watched it recently or just have some views on it or any of his other films always leave us a comment either now or if you're watching or listening to this and we'll we'll respond to that but it's always good to hear what you think of the films that we're talking about
1: absolutely absolutely all right then it is time to move on to another movie we are going to talk about something a little more current uh and we're going to discuss the suicide squad dun, dun, dun. yes uh, so Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad, uh, uh, has just been released in theaters, but also on HBO Max, so a lot of people who have HBO Max have had a chance to see it now. Uh, I think we'll keep this relatively spoiler-free, although I don't really think there's much to the plot, so there's not really a lot of spoilers. Yeah, right the way. the name, really. Yeah, I mean, I, we won't reveal any specific character deaths, let's put it that way. I don't want people no. to have to turn off their sound, so we'll keep this pretty spoiler-free. I, I wanted to talk about this movie more because I wanted to kind of talk more about the whole James Gunn experience a little bit um than I wanted to Suicide Squad per se. Um okay. but before we get into that let's talk
0: about what yeah, we actually yeah. thought about the film. So right so this right. Book, we've right. had we've had Suicide Squad a few years back but now this is the Suicide Squad. It's not people were saying it's not a sequel but it's a reboot but it's it is basically a sequel because you got Harley, Quinn, Rick Flagg um Captain Boomerang all the same actors from the first film they all know each other it's all referenced They're always made up to see each other so it's basically and because the suicide squad is was always a team which changed mm-hmm. over it makes sense I, I i watched it as a sequel yeah uh, Amanda waller as well who leading it as well but it's just it's a few different you know different things different different prison and what have you totally different style but in the whole it's the suicide squad you can just keep making them on and on because it's the yeah, of I
1: mean. and next time they can call it The The Suicide Squad. <laughs> and then it can be Two Suicide, Two Squad. Them,
0: The Suicide Squads.
1: Right. Um, yeah, so first of all, the whole it's not a sequel thing, stupid. Second of all, the name The Suicide Squad when the first movie was Suicide Squad, stupid. Let's just get the logistics out of the way. Not even talk about the movie itself. Like... It's. It doesn't. It's not. It's not a sequel in that like it follows up on any important story plots of the first one. But it's like it's obviously a sequel. It's the next film in the franchise. Like get over yourselves with all this. It's not a sequel. It's not a reboot. Crap. It's the next Mm -hmm. Suicide Squad film. I hate. I hate. I hate this new trend of renaming movies the same things they were already called. We've got a Hellboy and a Hellboy. We've got Predator and The Predator. We've got Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad. Just adding a the to a movie's title doesn't make it a different name. It's super annoying. Hey, did you like The Suicide Squad? Oh, I love Suicide Squad. No, not Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad. Oh, you know what? I like Suicide Squad, but I didn't like The Suicide Squad. But I like Suicide Squad, but not so much with Suicide Squad. Did you like Suicide Squad? Well, which Suicide Squad are you talking about? It's the stupidest thing ever. I hate it. I hope the trend dies a horrible, Death, and we never see it happen again. <laughs> Think of a name; it's not that hard. Suicide Squad two. Suicide Squad. This time it's personal. Suicide Squad. Electric Boogaloo. I don't care what you call it; just make it something other than adding the word "the" to the beginning.
0: A good, point. A good point. But uh, it came out. We got it over here in the UK about a week before you. Mm. Uh, I was looking forward to. it. I do like James James Gunn films. I've always liked the Suicide Squad. The first film was a. Uh, was a mess mainly because of the editing, because David A didn't get final say on it, because it was shipped out to the trailer company who did that one with the music. But anyway, that's another film. But this one, I ended up being disappointed with it. To be honest, I yeah. uh, I, I found it. I liked I liked lots of the characters in it. I did like Id- Idris Elba as uh, Bloodsport and Ratcatcher and King Shark things like that. Uh, I liked some of it. Some of the action scenes, the sequences, and things like that. I love the fact they used the villain at the end because I never thought we'd see that villain on the big screen ever. But they did it, and it kind of worked. But it's a lot of it just seemed full flat for me. I, it just there was lots of yeah flat bits where it just seemed to lose steam, and it's lots of the humour that was in it. it was some of it didn't make me laugh. But on the whole, it just seemed lots of quips and things at the time which didn't need. Need so much of it, or it could have been dialled back a bit. And there was there was there were scenes where which just left me feeling a bit cold, like the attack on the on the the rebel camp, which uh, was meant to be played because you you find out like the punchline at the end once they they've all been around killing all the people in there. But the punchline was already known because you see, Flag and Harley get captured by different groups of people, and you can sort of tell that Flags Flags captured by the rebels even though it's only blinking, you miss it. So that would have worked better without the scenes of being captured instead of them just – it should have just been – he's been captured. We thought he was dead, but he's been captured and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah. And the whole, I was disappointed, which is a shame because I was mm-hmm. looking forward to it.
1: See, I, I don't know if I had the same experience, although I also had the same experience. In that, <laughs> what I mean by that is I actually liked the first film. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't, I don't know why everyone was so hard on it. It's a stupid movie, but it's a lot of fun. The music is great. I think it's really punchy. I enjoyed it. Because this movie is James Gunn, my expectations were pretty low. Um, and so I wasn't disappointed in it because I, I really didn't expect much from it. I expected to get another James Gunn movie, which is exactly what I got. I There was a handful of scenes or sequences that I enjoyed. For the most part, I didn't like it that much. Um, I thought the the Harley Quinn scenes were pretty good. Um, a big shout out to whoever did the music, though, for including a Fratelli's song from their first album, called For the Girl in the, the Harley Quinn love scene um, because that Fratelli's album, Costello Music, is one of the greatest albums of all time and it's criminally underheard. So I was beyond excited when I heard that song playing. Um, but that's just an aside. Um, I, I thought there was a couple action scenes that worked. A um, couple moments here and there that I liked. Uh, I liked the girl that played the Ratcatcher character. I thought she was really good. Uh, but by and large, yeah, I didn't... Um, I don't know. It was... It was it wasn't terrible. I didn't hate the movie. Um, but yeah, yeah, It's not something I feel the need I'm going to watch again and it certainly fit into what I the big problem I have with James Gunn movies um, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, so yeah, it was okay. It was okay.
0: Yeah, it was like I think that's it. It's like yeah, it was okay. It was, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was alright, but it was disappointed. The funny thing I is love, like- I love, I tell you I love though uh, some of the costume designs. I loved Bloodsport's costume design. Mm, but that yeah. was great—the helmet and stuff—and this whole. Because I think in the comics, Bloodsport just didn't he just pluck the weapons out of thin air, but yeah, he's like up. he's pulling them off his suit, and like I loved that. There was bits like there were lots of little bits in it which you really liked, but it's a cohesive whole, just didn't quite. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's funny that the most of the comments I've seen on Facebook is it's, it's sort of falling into that trap of what we talked about a while ago when we were talking about Godzilla versus Kong and Mortal Kombat. People are like. Well, I like Suicide Squad. It was fun. I mean, yeah, it was kind of stupid, but, you know, it's a good way to kill two hours. Like, that's, it's sort of like damning with faint praise. Like, if the best that people are, like, defending it because it wasn't terrible is really what, you know, because so many people are saying it's terrible, that people are like, I didn't think it was terrible. It was, it was minorly okay. It was kind of fun. I enjoyed it. Like, that's not, it's not a glowing review. Like, you don't have to defend Suicide Squad. I mean, it's okay if you like it. It's fine that you had fun with it. Um, but, you know, there's also nothing wrong with people not, not liking it. It's clearly not a great film, you know? um so i thought that was interesting but you know yeah, yeah, yeah i like to stir yeah. up trouble
0: but there's well well made action sequences like the fight scenes things that they're going it's 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 it looks good in, in lots of places the framing and the, like some of the big the big scenes in the in the tower and um, lots of the set dressing and the, co- say the costumes and things like that uh the effects as well are brilliant. the so king shark yeah it's amazing uh, Polka powers, Polka Man's powers, and his yeah. performance was really good as well. Uh the David Dath of
1: yeah. is great. He's one of those character actors. You'll know if you see him. He's terrific in everything. I really like so
0: him. many things. He was in the Dark Knight, and that's the first yeah. time I remember seeing him The Dark Knight. And everything he's in so many things, he's a cool, actor. really good.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm.
0: But yeah, go Let's so let's to come into the whole thing about so uh James Gunn. I'll just say You can take the kid out of trauma, but you can't take the trauma out of the kid. (laughs) Uh,
1: I think you nailed it right there. Uh, That's a good way of putting it. Um, Yeah, I've realized something, and I was waiting to see Suicide Squad, knowing, not Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad. (laughs) Uh, Knowing that it was coming, I was waiting before I said anything, but it sort of confirmed what what I've been thinking for a while now, which is that James Gunn just makes really unpleasant and mean and nasty movies, and then he accidentally made a brilliant film with Guardians of the Galaxy. But I don't like his other movies. Now, the ones he's written and not directed, I actually like a few of those. So I'm talking only about the movies he's done as a director and a writer, which is only five movies. And so people, of course, were flaming me being like, well, he doesn't have a very big filmography. I'm like, yeah, it's still a trend. If four out of your five movies I think are mean and nasty and unpleasant, guess what that means? That's that's, that's enough data for me to know that I generally don't like your films. I don't, I don't have to see 20 films for me to decide that. Now, maybe he'll change that trend, but as of yet, he hasn't. But you look at his five films. It's Slither. Super, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and now Suicide Squad. And I find, with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a warm and funny movie about a bunch of misfits, all those other movies have this really just dark kind of this mean streak to them. Even Guardians 2, which I'm not a big fan of, he... He took all these characters that you loved in this first movie and turned them into big fat jerks who were fighting with each other the whole time. And you were like, you all deserve to get blown up. None of you are good people <laughs> at this point. Like, why did you ruin all these characters that I became so endeared to in the first movie? Super has especially got a nasty streak in it. Slither is just plain disgusting. and also kind of has this really sort of mean streak. And people kept saying, like, well, what do you mean by a mean streak? Give me a specific example. So I'm trying to think of specific examples, and I'm not necessarily coming up with a bunch of them. But I, I, I question how you can watch these films and not sort of see this this mean streak. Like, he just likes nasty, unpleasant things. And some of that is gore. I get that maybe I'm not the biggest gore fan in the world. But some of it is, like, just the, the tone and the attitude to the movie. And the cavalier way in which he, like, treats his characters. Um, he always does mean things to his characters. And I get that with a movie like Suicide Squad. That's sort of the point. But... The other three movies that I don't like of his, that's not the point. And yet that sort of is what happens to all the characters. Mean, nasty things happen to all the characters. And I just, I feel like there's this underlying nastiness to all of his films, with the exception of the first Guardians. And um, when I put that opinion out there, many people disagreed with me, which is fine. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not saying this as fact. This is my opinion. But I think if you go back and you watch his canon, his oeuvre, if you will, of films, Again, with that idea in mind, you'll see I'm right. Or you'll at least be able to understand why I see the way, why I feel the way I do about it. I don't think he makes particularly likable films. I think he makes really nasty films, really mean films. Nasty in like a mean way, not nasty like gross. Although they are that too a lot of times. And then he just sort of accidentally made Guardians and forgot to be nasty or something like that. I don't know how Guardians is so good. To clarify, I think Guardians is like a near masterpiece. So I'm not criticizing Guardians 1. The rest of his movies... I can do without him. Um, so that's that's my take on James Gunn and Suicide Squad. Kind of confirmed that I was right in my feelings.
0: I can I can see what you mean. As you said, your opinion and for the viewers, it's it's okay to have an opinion. You can agree or disagree. Doesn't mean you're right or wrong. And there's no reason to hate the person for opinions. And it's sad that this day and age you kind of have to say that. But anyway, uh, I I know I kind of know what you mean. Although I do, I I think Slither and Super. I really like them, but. Yeah, there is a nasty element. You're sort of uh, picking up on, especially in Super, sort of picking up on the the crappy things that people do to each other and that can be done. Uh, the, the the one problem which I sort of see uh, now, which I didn't I didn't see a few years ago, because of things that have gone on in personal life with some with family members, stuff. that's the way that mental illness is treated as comedy in all these films, mm-hmm. uh, which. Again, it's. I've, I mean, I've I've seen stuff like that in previous films, and yeah, it's it can you know, it, it can work if it's done well. But it's like the, it was the thing I first noticed that they went super because when you find there's that big, amazing scene when he's there on the bed and there's like the tentacles come, and you he is just he's got problems, and but it's treated as as comedy. But uh, I mean, I do like dark comedy, I do like gore, I do well, not, not as much as I used to, but. But I, so I do, as I say, I do enjoy Slither and Super uh, and the other films as well. I've enjoyed lots of the films he's written as well, which looking at them is good. So some really
1: good ones there actually. I love the specials. Yeah, I yeah. Dawn, I love Dawn of the Dead. Um, the remake of Dawn of the Dead is great. But I, I think when it's when he when he has ultimate control is where I feel like his his real nasty side comes out. Not that there isn't some of that in the specials and Dawn of the Dead, but mm-hmm. it's when he has unfettered control; he really can just let fly with it. And um, I agree with you. I think like that whole thing, like you said, about how he treats mental illness is sort of indicative of that, right? Not that you can't ever make a comedy about that type of stuff or make humor about that, but it is sort of a trend. And I do feel like he takes a lot of these things that you go, hmm, I'm not sure that's something I would make fun of. And then he makes fun of them. Now, some people would say he's just being edgy. That's fine if that's what you want to think. And I think you can be edgy without being mean. I think James Gunn likes to be mean. Not in every scene of every movie he makes, but as an underlying flavor, as an underlying sort of tone to his movies, they're not very nice films. They are, they're mean. I don't know how another way to put it. And if you, and if you, people watch their movies and they can't figure out what I'm talking about, then I guess we won't agree. And that's fine. But to me, his movies are mean. I don't care for it. There's a mean streak I don't like. I'm not saying every movie has to be puppies and, and candy, but um, I, I don't like when the sort of underlying. Tone, theme of the movie is about nastiness. That doesn't do it for me. Sorry,
0: that's fair enough. Yeah, but it's uh, lots of directors and writers. They they often start making similar things as it goes on through their career. So it's some as you, some directors I like, some directors I don't like. I can I can see your point. It's not gonna. I'm still gonna go and watch uh, a more James Gunn films, directed films, and written films.
1: Yeah, I, I probably okay. will too. I mean, his films are usually somewhat entertaining. He he knows his way around good dialogue, and he he knows how to craft a good action scene. So I will probably continue to watch his films and hope for another Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but my expectations going in are going to be: hey, this film is probably going to be nasty and mean, and I'm not probably not going to like it. And then maybe I'll be surprised.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah.
1: So that's my take, hot take on James Gunn.
0: But <laughs> it's it's good. I mean, it's always good to have hot takes. It's always good to have uh, to be truthful in how you feel about things, especially entertainment. yeah, well, day, it's all he's very films. sorry. Go ahead. At the end of the day, it's all just films that we either love or hate, or mm-hmm. like or dislike, or just go hmm.
1: right he's very revered in comic circles and and, and like the film geek circles. And I think partially because guardians is just so well loved Um, and that's fine. Um, But I I just feel like sometimes people sort of take one or two things of his that they like and sort of wrap everything up in that blanket. I watched slither again, not that long ago because I was like, Oh, slither Nathan Fillion and it's aliens and it's great. And I hated it this time around. I, I absolutely hated it. I don't think I ever loved it, loved it, but I think, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, oh, all right. That wasn't what I was hoping for, but, it, you know, whatever. But I watched it again, and I just hate it. It's, it's a nasty film. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's mean. Terrible things happen to people. There's hardly anybody in the film that's likable, with the exception of Nathan Fillion, uh, just about. It's, it's, um, it's very indicative of what I don't like about his movies. So. Um, but, again, he has a big fan base, so I'm clearly in the minority on this. But I do think people maybe on re-watching some of his movies might, might see things a little bit differently.
0: Well, see. Yeah, also, and this could be a minor spoiler for the Suicide Squad, but it always I think it was pointed out by Red Letter Media, but uh, there's also the scene in Super where Elliot Page, but the, what happens to Elliot Page in that film, is also very similar to what happens to Pete Davidson in the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's uh, very sudden, sharp, sharp, sudden shocks. But as again, that does, I remember in Super just going, oh, my God. Because uh, you don't expect that sometimes you need those moments in films, it helps push sure. the story along, helps, helps the character go some way. But yeah, I totally see what you're getting at. But I I do enjoy lots of his films, but yeah, I can see there is that, that tone to them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but in a way, it's good though, as well. Like he's got a style and he's sticking to it.
1: Yeah, listen, I mean, and obviously, his movies have been successful so. It's not like I'm saying he should stop making movies or he has to make yeah, movies yeah. that only I'm going to like. I, there are other filmmakers other people like that I don't care for, and that's fine. That's I'm true. just saying that he doesn't make movies that I care for. I think there's a style to his films that I, I think some people might not have picked up on. Um, there's this undercurrent to them that some people might not have picked up on. Um, and if you like that, then fine. That's totally fine. I personally don't care for it. so yeah.
0: Good stuff. But uh, let right. us know what you think of James Gunn films. What's your favourite? Which... Uh, What's your least favourite and what did you think of The Suicide Squad? Uh, It's, as we said, it's been out in the UK for a week and a bit. It's just opened last weekend in the US and it's on HBO Max if you want to watch it while you're streaming, which is what's going on in the US again with our friendly neighbourhood pandemic. Yeah, Uh, Stay safe, uh, consider others and enjoy the films that you watch.
1: Exactly. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this episode, but we are going to be back very shortly. If you're watching live, we'll be back in about five minutes. If you're watching or listening after the fact, then we'll be back next week. So um, that's going to do it for now. So as always, we thank you greatly for listening and or watching. I'm Mike Spring.
0: And I'm Phil Edwards.
1: And we'll see you next time.
0: After the ending.